Oh my God, this is a horrible episode. I'm totally going to publish it. I like the transition from like the latest tech into absolute horror. Yeah, as do I. It's a really good plot line. Tired. So tired. Overtired. You're listening to Overtired. It's it's true. It's it's a new episode. Um, I'm Christina Warren. I'm Brett Terpstra. And uh, and we're back. It's been it's been a couple months. Yeah, I don't even remember. Let me look at the let me look at the web. Let me let me ask the webs how long has it been? Yeah, we should ask a, we should ask Alexa or Siri or something. Did you get a uh, do you have an Amazon Echo yet? No, uh, the dot is on my shopping list right now. We yeah, haven't you, been you, on I, since November 17th. Jesus. Right? Right. Well, okay. I mean, in fairness, the world has kind of been a sad place. It has. Let's talk about the dot because that seems happy. And then yeah, we'll get yeah, to let's all talk this about the dot. Stuff. I was gonna I was gonna say let's talk about the dot. So I'm shocked actually that you don't have um a dot because you would love it. I, and and I know, but it costs money. It's like fifty bucks. I'm broke. Okay, well, should I just buy one for you? Like, your birthday is coming up, isn't it? Do you have any idea how much money I make on this show? Being off for months just breaks me. Okay, well, send me your shopping link, and I'll buy you one right now. <laughs> you do know I was joking, right? I, I, I do, but your birthday is coming up. It's like in April, right? No, July. Okay. Well, I'll wait. No. Right. I mean, no, I, I, uh, I had to prioritize some house home improvement items prior to getting the echo dot but yeah for so, 50 bucks and and it does it has full alexa functionality right oh yeah yeah yeah. the, the dot is fantastic so there are three different alexa devices there's um the amazon echo there's the echo dot and then there's the echo tap you do not want the echo tap the echo tap is bullshit um it I was very excited by that idea because it's a wireless speaker. The other two have to be plugged in at all times. And so I thought the tap was going to be awesome. I was like, oh, it's like, um, you know, a UE boom, um, but it has Alexa built in. Um, except it's not. A, it doesn't sound as good as a UE boom. And B, you have to actually tap the button on it to work. Whereas with the other two, you can just use like, you know, your code word Alexa or Amazon um, to, to activate it. They did just release a software update like this week where you can also use the Alexa app on your iPhone or on Android to activate the tap. But that's still a pain. Like you have to use remote of some sort. Whereas the other two, you can be, you know, across the room and say, Alexa, whatever, and it'll activate. Yeah, that's so the one I want. That's the one you want. And so the the original dot was 100 bucks, or maybe it was $80. Um, and, and it wasn't widely available. And it was cool, but um, you... Uh, you know, but it was more expensive. And then they released a new model, I guess, in like October, maybe it was September, uh, for 50 bucks. And it basically, the speaker's not as good as what you would get on the full Echo, but you can connect it to another Bluetooth speaker or you can connect it to like an external speaker if you wanted. So if you've got like, you know, just like any standard, you know, like audio out cable, um, you can plug it into any amp or whatever. And, and, and use it with that. And it works just like the regular Echo. It's, it's got the full you know, microphones and it, it's, you know, good range. Um, it comes with a remote. It's really cool. It's really cool. So um, I had the original Dot. Uh, Grant has the new one. Um, his parents, uh, his mom and stepdad, like, went crazy about them over Christmas. 
it's uh it's great and and the reason i think about you with it is because what makes i think the echo such a good platform and so much better frankly than all the platforms like um that we see from like other places like you know google home and and you know let's pretend that HomeKit actually has <laughs> traction it doesn't but let's pretend um i think that like the uh the great thing about the Echo is all the Alexa skills. So it's like infinitely like hackable in kind of a way. Yeah. That, uh, actually, I saw a guy who actually hacked an Amazon Dash button yeah. to donate to the ACLU. So <laughs> every time he too. was watching the news, he could just... <laughs> I love that. Hit the button and relieve his, uh, his stress oh, totally. by sending $5 totally. to the ACLU. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. That's with dash button, but like they've got a whole set of Alexa skills. Like you can do if this then that sort of recipes and own custom stuff. And like there's all kinds of stuff that you can kind of, you yeah, know, all really the stuff I wish Siri this. could do. Exactly, and and that's the thing is you can make it work with your um, Alexa, uh, your daughter, or whatever. So for someone like you, like I could just see you creating a wonderful world where you're able to just like do really weird stuff that only Brett could do. So, so we definitely need to, to, to you, be you fair. I do. I run a little node application called Homebridge on my always on Mac mini. Right. It reads my Indigo home automation app setup and provides all everything that I can do from Indigo. It provides as a home kit node. Right. So That's then cool. all my home kit applications can read that and then i can by naming the like scenes in natural language so i can be like hey it's time to watch a movie i can actually make siri do a lot of the home automation stuff i really want to that's but cool it's kind of yeah it's also fragile yeah i was gonna say that seems like that's a whole lot of work it is, and and if anything changes in any of those APIs, my whole system will just break, and I won't be able to turn the lights on anymore. Right, I'll and, have and to the, use a freaking switch, like a like plebe. a caveman. Yes, like a yeah, no, I mean that's that's kind of the cool thing. Like I, you know, HomeKit's trying to kind of come into its own, and at CES this year they had a bunch of stuff, but frankly, it was so far behind everything else that even though I got a preview of it, like I didn't even write any of it up because if I had it would have just kind of been embarrassing. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, um, there are a lot of stories I don't write about just because they have good ideas, but I can't back them up. And I found that if I write about something that seems like a good idea, all of a sudden I become the technical support and like sounding board person right. for them. Twitter and email gets filled with, Hey, I think they should do this. I'm like, why don't you tell them that? Yeah, it's like, it's like sounds good to me. Um, pass <laughs> pa pass the idea along, guys, and and then they're like, no, but see, you you know, and you're like, no, but I, but I don't. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, have you used Google Home? I have not. Um, not in my house. I've used it a little bit, but I haven't used it in my house, and it works fairly well. Although it doesn't work as well, I think as like. It was kind of led people to believe. I don't know. My problem with Google, and this is a personal issue that is never going to become kind of resolved, is that my main Google account that I like would use most stuff with are, are, are account. Well, I have multiple Google accounts, as, as a lot of people Who do. Who doesn't? But like, 
but like my issue is like my main Google account that I've been using for years, my Gmail address from like literally 2004 is one that I never get email there. And if I do get email there, like it's, that's a bad idea. Cause I don't check it. It's a spam box, but like, that's my login for a lot of stuff. That's my Chrome login and that's my login for YouTube. And that's my login for a bunch of other stuff for, for Google play, whatever. Um, but for my email and stuff, I have like custom domains. Well, historically, and I don't know if this is the case or not, Google doesn't do, and then I have my work email, which is also a Google account, but that's also a custom domain. And historically, Google doesn't work well with a lot of its services if you are using a non-like Gmail address. And it really doesn't work well if you've got multiple accounts. So for stuff like my calendar, which are A, kind of spread across a bunch of different things, like I'd have to be logged in with my work Gmail, which would kind of not be what I would want in a home scenario. Right. And yet my maps is on another account. Like I can't, it's just, it's never going to work right for me, to be totally honest. Like no matter how great it might be, the fact that I have so many Google accounts and that there's not a good way to kind of manage them all together kind of ruins, I think, the ability for me to ever use that service that way. That is, um, that is a major flaw. Because everyone I know has at least two Google accounts. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, and, and maybe there are workarounds, but when I look at those systems, I'm like, oh, yeah, they want you to use your Google account. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, I use my Gmail for everything. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't use that Gmail for everything. I use it for my Google logins for certain things, but I don't actually use that email address. And so it would be useless for me to be like, hey, read my 10 latest emails because it would all be spam. <laughs> Yeah, I do have one Google account that is always nothing but Google announcements and spam. Yeah, and that's like my core one because I've had it since 2004. Yeah, me and, too. And so, you know, and like, but, but like if people were to email me there, like that would just be, that, that's just a, a bad idea on a lot of levels. And so it's like, okay, well. All right, so Amazon wins this round. So Amazon wins this round, yeah. I mean, I think that um, the mostly just because they have the APIs out and people are already building stuff for it. Like Google's starting to get there, but they didn't launch with a super strong collection of stuff and they kind of launched late. And so the hackers and the nerds were kind of already on Team Amazon building stuff for that. And yeah. and I think you can move that momentum back. Like I don't think that lasts forever, right? But I definitely don't think it helps, right? It is like, how you get a foothold though. It's how, it's how Twitter succeeded. Uh, totally. Totally. It's they had that Twitter, API. Like left the rest of the herd behind. They provided an API. They brought developers on. They got developers excited about it and then worried about the rest of the world. And then they worried about the rest of the world so much that they said, screw you, developers. Oh, yeah. They, they but that really... is how, that's how you get traction is, is the developer community. Yeah, Startups that you. pay attention to them are the ones that stick around. Yeah, I agree. And I think even Apple, like, they were late with the app store, but they eventually came out with it, you know, and, and that was a good thing. And, and, you know, HomeKit, they've got the stuff out there, but it, it's not as robust just because the hardware supports out there. And I get it. They have other considerations like Apple's got to be cognizant of, okay, well, um, do we have, um, the security in place right. for this? And and I, I completely understand that. Like that that becomes like they have they have concerns that are obviously going to be greater, um, being a company of their size, than you would have, um, if you were, like, a startup or or even Amazon or Google. You know what I mean? People don't hold them to the same standards that they hold Apple to. But I do feel like it puts Apple at a slight disadvantage than when you're 
you know, trying to build these systems up because if people are going to the store trying to buy stuff, you know, yeah. everybody's always advertising, everybody's doing hack a day projects, you know, for their echo. They're not doing it for HomeKit, and they're not right now. They're not doing it for Google Home. Well, yeah, HomeKit makes it. You can deep index stuff on on for Siri, but beyond that, um, that that actually reminds me of another topic that I can use to delay the inevitable horrible shit we have to talk about. Yeah. Um, uh, I have had two clients and my parents that I've had to help clean malware off their Macs in the last Ooh, month. Really? Okay. This is, this is fascinating. So what type of Mac malware are we talking about? I wish this is... I, I don't have the names of the uh, Trojans in front of me. I don't know for sure how any of them installed it, but they all seem to go back to like flash update notifications. Okay. That people that look authentic, people click them and they didn't, you know, they didn't download anything from their email or anything. It the common thread seems to be very realistic looking update notifications through Safari. And they get it's two of them were just adware. One of them was actually uh, one that can drain your PayPal account. He had to call oh, wow. PayPal about like a $2,000 withdrawal from his PayPal account. Shit. Um, yeah. It, it, and I've never experienced this with Max before. I don't know what changed. I don't know if they just got smarter about the way they trick people into installing them. It's, uh, it's kind That's of... That's not good. Yeah. One of them was through TeamViewer. Okay. Uh, I guess like TeamViewer had a Trojan issue a while ago, but then this was definitely related to TeamViewer because every time he would boot up his computer, uh, a TeamViewer like disk image would mount on his desktop, but it would have nothing inside it but an empty app with a TeamViewer icon. And I didn't get a chance to see that happen or I would have dug into whatever bundles were available and see, but... It became. It was launching a system, a daemon that I could not find. Uh, it was not, you know, I could not figure out how it was launching it. It almost had to be a kernel extension, which would have required root access. I was going to say that would have required him to enter in his password. Right. And at some point, I know that this person would have been smart enough to say, wait, that doesn't seem right. Right. So this is scary to me that all of a sudden max or a security issue after everything and you're right apple has made every they take every precaution and to to protect their users from from letting them be able to install this kind of stuff yeah so it yeah does, they go they go out me. of their way yeah no that's concerning because i definitely like you see the reports and i always wonder about like the mac malware like i always wonder about that because i'm like okay well you know, what did you do? Did you download? Cause it used to be like, if you downloaded like crack software or torrent right. stuff, you know, and like there, there, there were ways or around you it. Clicked a link in a spam email. Right. And downloaded a DMG file. And you know what I mean? Like there, there, there'd be certain ways kind of around it, but that this is, I mean, the team viewer thing, that seems like this is, there might've been permissions granted with that potentially, even with that app, you know, since that is like a, you know, a, a VNC client, um, I could see that as maybe being kind of part of the vector, but that's still really disturbing. And the fact that they're having with flash updates, I mean, I think that goes along to why, um, you know, 
Chrome bundles its own version of Flash in. And, and Safari, Safari doesn't at all. Yeah, exactly. Safari disables it. And I think even at this point, I think uh, Firefox is, if, if they haven't gotten rid of it, they are. But like, that's a problem. I mean, it, that's a that's a real issue for uh, for Apple potentially because we've always said for years. I mean, people sometimes ask me, they're like, "What antivirus should I get for Mac?" And I I don't know what to tell them. Yeah, um, I found a free app called. Hmm. It had malware in the title, uh, like Mac malware remover or something. Um. I'll see if I can find a link to it. It actually turned out to be really good. And in two of the cases, it completely was able to clean out Trojans that had existed only for like three days in the world. Right. And it was up to date and uh, did a perfect job of it. And it, this is like, I had to, I do do a lot of research before I recommended installing it on anyone's computer because it seems to me the best way to get malware onto someone's computer would be to convince them they needed to install it to prevent malware. Uh, yeah, completely. I mean, and that's kind of the Windows way. Um, where <laughs> we're genuinely though, like my, oh my, yeah, my... those those pop up screens you get that are like D malware detected on your computer. Click here to to clean your your, your oh, machine. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You joke or you laugh. My father has done that more than once. Oh no, I I I'm not joking. I absolutely. Well, I, know. Just, I mean, but like he. If you're not adept at browsing porn sites all day and you've never seen one of those before, I could see it definitely being like immediately a concern. And then they offer you a solution. Why wouldn't you click it? I mean, he he was the victim of of uh, ransomware twice. Hmm. Um, after the first the first time I understood, the second time I was just mad. At him. Yes. <laughs> Don't blame like, the stop. victim. I mean, I don't blame him. I just, I'm like, at a certain point, you're like, you, you saw this before. You know, you don't give these people money. Like, in the anyway. um, in the immortal words of George Bush, "Fool me twice." Shame exactly. On you. Precisely, but no, but, but okay. So find, see if you can find the name of that malware app because people ask me that question, and I don't know what to say because I. And and then and then I also hear about the stuff and I kind of get worried. I'm like, well, should I be running anything? Like, I don't even know. Like, I tend to be pretty smart about everything, but you know, you you become concerned for sure. Yeah, like even if I disable system integrity, what is SIP system integrity. Yeah. I forget what the P is, but um, protection I, something. Yeah, yeah, obviously protection. Um, even if I disable that to do something crazy with my computer, I always re-enable it because Same. It's, I don't, I don't like leaving security holes. I have to think about. No, I don't either. I'm like right quickly in it to open and then like letting it overview, you know, if it's, Oh, this wasn't signed or whatever. And I'm like, and I know why it wasn't signed because I'm, I want to play in a lot of cases. It's like, I want to run like an old app. Yeah. Like the other day I wanted to play, um, Tetris <laughs> and remember Quinn, remember the game Quinn? No. Okay, so Quinn was a Tetris client, and it hasn't been updated since, like, 2009. And so it obviously um, is, like, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it has not been updated since 2009. Um, and it, it doesn't have retina support or any of that. But, you know, it was one of those, like, <laughs> games that I really enjoyed. And I, like, had kind of, like, um, uh, I wanted to play it. And... I like found like a reputable download from like a, you know, um, what should we call it? What's, what's the download site? The Mac, uh, Mac software site. Mac update. Yeah. I found it on Mac update. You know, it's, it's, you know, seven, eight years old, whatever. I download it 
And yeah, it, it, you know, the computer's like, we cannot install this because it has not been signed. I'm like, well, of course it hasn't been signed. It's, it's a million years old. And who knows if this will even continue to run? It did, you know, but like you overrule it. But yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Like, even if I, I, yeah, you overrule it that one time, but you're not willing to be like, yeah, no. I'll run anything. And then tell Safari, no, it's cool to run anything automatically when you download it. Yeah, yeah. Safari probably shouldn't have that feature anymore. Yeah, I would think that would be. I mean, I appreciate uh, giving users a choice, but Apple doesn't do that in almost any area. So I was going to say, they don't really do that anymore. Like That hasn't really been the case with for them for a while. So well, I, think the, I think the option now is phrased as, automatically open safe downloads and it'll open things like zip files but not executables or disk images it'll open jpegs for you i think it's pretty picky about what it will actually yeah that, and that's fair although i mean you know on the windows side people have been hiding crap into jpegs can you hide an executable in a jpeg though i know you can uh, yeah, hide I, information in it i don't know i mean i think that what they I don't know if you can find it executable in it or not. I don't know enough about Windows. I just know that like they have some nasty shit. Yeah. And and that's the sort of thing that would keep me from, you know. <laughs> there are a lot of reasons. It's as dis as unhappy with certain decisions Apple has made as of late. I've spent a lot of time uh, using and reviewing Windows laptops. And I think I'm going to do a longer term experiment, like where I actually try to use Windows, probably around the creators update for like a month only and see if see what it's like what kind of machine would you do that on um probably i don't know either a surface or like a, the dell xps uh, 13 is a really good laptop see i was gonna say like i would do it to to use the surface the surface looks really good to me yeah I, that would almost make me w be willing to do an extended experiment on whether or not i had any interest in going back to windows yeah, the Surface is a good laptop. Um, I really liked the XPS 13. It's really, really good laptop. Like, you know, Windows is obviously not great, but but that laptop is good and is one of those where um, I I would love that type of hardware or at least those sorts of guts um, in a in an Apple machine. Um, and um, it, it, it you know it, it's light, it has really good battery life. Um, so. I also recently reviewed an HP, which was cheaper than a Surface, and but had a stylus and was was fairly good. Um, but yeah, I think a Surface would be probably what I would try and 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 see how you know that would go. But I um I don't know. Like I think that the thing that would keep me, I can almost tell you what the, I you know I need to do it, and I'm serious about doing it, and I would give it like a real shot. But I can almost guarantee you that just the the fact that I dislike change to a certain degree and that I have my system set up the way that I like them so much, it'd be very difficult for me to, to go to windows. But part of it too would be just having to continue to think so much about like, okay, well, is this safe or is this safe? You know, cause that's even though you're seeing malware on, on the Mac and we're talking about that, like that's still the fact that we're talking about it is because it's like weird, you know? Yeah. It's not part of, the user experience where you have to train yourself don't click on this or that right yeah it, like switching everyone in my family to max was basically that my way out of 
tech support doing tech support oh same i mean like my mom that's why she's on a mac and that's why she gets tech support and my dad is not and that's why he doesn't and because i don't live in i don't live at home you know i don't i don't live in the same state as them anymore and so it's one of those things i'm like i'm not doing this over the phone i'm not doing the windows tech support over the phone i'm just not doing it at some point and, you just gotta say no Exactly. And I'm like, if you would just spend more money on the Mac, but now it's hard to get people to, to, to justify spending more money on the Mac. I'm going to be honest. It's just hard. I just, I distribute my hand-me-downs amongst my family. I think everyone in my family is running one of my older Macs. Yeah, same. But like my mom's at a point now where she's on a five-year-old computer and she definitely almost six years old and she definitely needs a new one. And I could put an SSD in and I could put more RAM in it and make it better. And like, that's fine. But it's heavy and she needs a new computer. And I think that a MacBook is probably the right decision. I think that's what she should get. Um, you know, the MacBook pro, I just don't think the value is there for what she does on it. But I had really been hoping that the MacBook pro with there, there would be value in it. And there's not like, I don't know. Do you have the new MacBook pro? I don't. And are you going to get one? Well, you're broke, (laughs) but I mean, but like when you're not broke, are yeah, you gonna get I, it? I would love one. It is the computer I want because I use this Retina MacBook Pro every day. And every time I use it, I miss my MacBook Air. And yeah. I'm not going to go buy another MacBook Air when right. the MacBook, it's so similar to everything I loved about the Air, but with oh, totally. more power. Yeah, no, without a doubt. It's just, I don't know, the price is what kills me on it. And and honestly, as much as I make fun of people for complaining about dongles, uh, having one USB-C port on... Oh, this is on the MacBook. What does the MacBook Pro have for ports? It has... Uh, the one with the touch bar has four USB-C ports. The one without the touch bar has two USB-C ports. So really, you have to buy into USB-C. Yes. So... And eventually, everything is going to be USB-C. Oh, sure. Like, I mean, I said the same thing about Thunderbolt, and now just about everything I own is... Thunderbolt and Daisy chained off of one port, so it's not a foreign concept to me. But you know, everything yeah, I own the, is Thunderbolt. Right. Well, that's the problem, right? Like I was in a, in a situation where actually, when I was reviewing the MacBook Pros, because I reviewed all three of them, um, the, the the 13, the 15, and then the non-touch bar. Um, I wanted to actually record. I think it was with you. I wanted to do like a podcast. I like wanted to record it, and then I realized, oh right, can't connect my mic. <laughs> I finally, I, um, I use sleep phones. Have you ever seen these? Uh-uh. They're like, uh, like a sweatband that has flat, soft speakers in it and you can sleep in them and, uh, and oh, listen to, nice. I use like pieces and, uh, various sleep apps at night and these, like you can roll around in them and sleep on whatever ear you want and it doesn't hurt at all. Um, so I love them, but the ones I had were eighth inch jack and my iPhone right. no longer had it. So at first I hooked up a rock rock. Have you ever seen those? No, I haven't. They are sweet little Bluetooth receivers and transceivers that, um, about, I would say inch and a half by inch and a half little like rectangular. They're very slim on top of that. And then, uh, they can be set to either, transmit a bluetooth signal to a bluetooth speaker so you could plug in like an eighth inch jack and then make it transmit to a bluetooth speaker or make it a bluetooth receiver 
and plug it into a stereo system. And that is, for so many applications, just amazing. And it is super strong. Like, it's got the full, like, 35, 40-foot range on it. And it, I, I love the things. And they're, like, $25. So I had ripped apart my sleep phones and stuck a rock rock in the back. So it was at like the behind my spine and I can't sleep on my back any, anyway. So that worked fine. And then I could transmit from my phone to these sleep phones. Mm-hmm. But eventually I broke them because I, when I hack things like that, I don't do very neat jobs and I tore a cable and tiny little, tiny little cable. And not really worth repairing. So I bought a new pair of Bluetooth sleep phones. I was going to say, don't uh, uh, these are sleep phones, uh, like a sleep phones.com, right? Yeah. And I, um, I get them from Amazon, but you get them from um, Amazon. No, but I'm trying to make sure. Cause I think I found them on the internet. I'm trying to make sure I found the right thing. Looking, looking Skype. I sent you a, I am looking in Skype. I I'm, I'm saying this out loud because I seem to be slow right now and I didn't want there to be dead air. Right. Um, <laughs> yes, this is. These are the sleep phones. Okay, so yes, yeah, so they have a wireless set now. They do now, and I had I had not been able to justify buying it because I had really never been annoyed with the cable. I'd just stick my phone under my pillow, and the cable was long enough that I could roll in my sleep and not like feel the yank. But now I have them, and I love them. I don't remember how we started down this path. Yeah, you were talking about the the dongle situation about how I couldn't record. Right, right. Um, and then I got my podcast. iPhone, and then I couldn't plug headphones into it, which overall was right. fine. But then my sleep phones were, yeah. <sighs> it's those edge cases, okay. But these sleep phones things, this this is a great idea because I do only use the crappy headphones that come with the iPhone when I they sleep hurt because so I, much after they do. They they do, but like I want to go to sleep and listen to a podcast, and like I can't use like my over the ear headphones, and I don't want to use my AirPods because that just sounds like a bad idea. I like yeah. AirPods anyway, uh, but but you know you're gonna get they're gonna get lost in bed, and then my husband's right. gonna get annoyed, and and it's just not gonna work. But th- these this seems like a great idea, and they're super comfortable. Like sometimes I wear them without even playing music, just because like having that slight constriction around my forehead and my ears is very comforting somehow (laughs) they no, i i love these things i would recommend them to anyone and at this point just buy the wireless ones and the cool like a hundred bucks i think bucks yeah yeah hundred bucks and you get the stuffed lamb i never got the stuffed lamb i paid 90 bucks i didn't get the stuffed lamb yeah i like the stuffed lamb it's adorable why would i want that I don't know. It's like I still Valentine's have stuffed Day. animals from my childhood. I I had a stuffed coyote that I love so much that I once went on vacation and when my parents opened my suitcase, they found only Casanova the coyote because I didn't have room for him, so I unpacked all my clothes and stuck Casanova in there. And he has been my lifelong friend. Even when I was like punk rocker living on the streets he sat with me and wore the same black bandana around his neck oh he was yeah so casanova has survived a lot of shit and he's still he's in my closet right now he's still in your closet that's fantastic i don't sleep with him anymore but there's no no, like if if i have sentimental attachment sentimental attachment to anything 
It is Casanova and then secondarily Horatio the Horse. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird, weird little uh, uh, departure. I like it. I like it. So before we talk about anything heavy, I'm clearly procrastinating on talking about the real world. Yeah, I mean, I think we both are because it's been kind of not great. But I've, I've become a handyman. Okay, talk, talk, talk about this. I, this I've, always, I've always had a certain amount of like peripheral knowledge about mechanical stuff. My dad is a mechanical engineer, and when I was a kid, he would you know, show me how to take things apart in my, under my hood of my car, and he would show me how to change the oil in all different kinds of configurations, and he would show me how to install a water softener, things like this that I was not interested in enough to ask questions but I picked up peripheral knowledge and I recently moved uh, for reasons that we'll talk about another time Um, but I have found myself thanks to peripheral knowledge plus YouTube doing all kinds of repairing and plumbing and electrical installing faucets running ethernet cables through walls which i never actually learned how to do i I have owned fish tape forever and have always just used hooks along the ceiling to hide ethernet cables yeah same i i've I've always like thought about going through the walls and then i'm like yeah you know what i'm just gonna go on the baselines or go through the ceiling right yeah i mean it seems like a, a smart idea but uh right but then it's inconvenient so but I, I'm learning how to do all that stuff, and I have actually become really handy in the last few months. Congratulations. That's really great. I, um, I'm not a handy person. Uh, the fact that I, I fixed our toilet from, like, it, it wasn't filling up the, uh, the, the basin. It wasn't filling up the bowl, uh, and, and I, I didn't really know why, and I took off the top, and I fiddled around. I mean, I literally did the dumbest thing where I just, like, <laughs> found, like, oh, this needs to go in here, like – it was silly and stupid, and I was very proud of myself for that. Yeah. So that, that's the extent of my handiness, which is to say does not exist. So I love to hear about people who are because I love watching those shows, and I'm like, huh. I get, like, scared even thinking about how to do that. And I'm like, Christina, you've repaired a bajillion computers. Like, right. you're good at that stuff. Like, why are you afraid of this? I, I, I don't know. It's just, well, it, and I was – when I went to art school, I took a job as, like, campus – plumber apprentice uh-huh and and did that for a couple years and basically i i was the guy they sent to unclog toilets mostly but they let me learn a lot about installing toilets and um <laughs> it was a lot of toilets but also <laughs> like i did some of the uh plumbing work like soldering uh lines for the main buildings and stuff and I learned a lot and I learned all the basics so I had the plumbing knowledge but then I'd have a toilet at home that wouldn't you know fill (laughs) and I I would like do a hackney fix on it and it would break again and I would tell people oh no I got this I used to work you know as a plumber I used to work with plumbers yeah I used used to do this no problem this is what I'm good at but then always just kind of fail at it I finally am getting good at it though that's awesome yes I'm at I'm at a point now where anything that is not perfect if something squeaks or a door doesn't close properly 
You're like, I'm going to fix it. A toilet seat wiggles. Like, yeah. Like immediately I'm like, where's my toolbox? (laughs) I've always wanted to be that guy. So this is good for me. That's awesome. So now you are that guy. That's great. Yeah. And I'll fix your computer. You're like Mr. Everything. Mr. Brett. I I would be an amazing friend. (laughs) So anyway. That's great. That's really good. That that's a good thing. See, actually, there are a lot more positive things than I than, than we thought there would be. You got to take comfort in the things you can right now. This is true because um, I I don't know just... I, do you, I don't know if you know this, but um, Donald Trump. Do you remember him from the uh, the crazy primaries? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Actually, the president now. Oh my God! Seriously? Yeah, things are not going well. Yeah, no, uh, he's a uh, he's not doing real well, is he? No, and every every fucking day. There's more. Uh, yeah, it's uh, my the headlines in my my nuzzle, my Flipboard, my RSS feeds are just an onslaught of things that in the past all of these discoveries and allegations would have stopped everything. Yeah. And it doesn't anymore, and the world feels very different. No, I mean, this is what's so disturbing to me, right, is that every day there's literally something worse. And I almost feel like all of us, even those of us who are very concerned about everything, we're just becoming desensitized. (laughs) I I hit fatigue before the election even happened. Oh yeah, I mean, I I I did too, and and uh, our last show was actually right after the election, and we didn't want to talk a ton about it, but we were both really upset. I was, I had been very upset, and and you were upset, and and now um, and now where are you? I'm still very upset, but I'm also at that point where, like, like there's this there's this fucking fatigue, you know, where it's like, nah, it's like you don't even know what to do because it's just so bad. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like, it's just, you, you don't even know where to, where to go. Like <laughs> my friends are fatigued by me. I've spent most of my life, not intentionally, but the idea of fascism and how you see rises from authoritarianism to fascism. And there's no question. Nobody would say that what we're doing right now is not authoritarian. Exactly. But for me, the amount of history that I've studied, the amount of like, what is the framework where fascism happens? How does this happen? And it's this. And how do you fight it? And like, for me, watching what's going on right now is this textbook path straight to the Holocaust. And I am, I'm a doomsayer and I am depressing everybody around me. I am driving them nuts saying, well, Okay, nothing has happened that doesn't fit perfectly into yeah, every like pathway to dictatorship. No, you're exactly right, and that's it's horrifying, literally, and that's what I'm saying. And, and you wonder like because I, I I'm like you, I've always been sort of interested in this stuff and and kind of a student of history, maybe not maybe not to the extent that you have, but but I've certainly watched this stuff, right? And, and and you watch you read the the books, you watch the documentaries. And you do kind of ask, or at least I always ask questions, how does this happen? How do people just sit back and let this happen? Because there are plenty of good people who were opposed to other fascist regimes and authoritarian regimes, but regimes, but how did this happen? And then I think we're seeing it, which is 
it just becomes the outlandish just becomes the norm and we become desensitized to everything happening around us normalization the normalization of the of the abnormal just lets it happen and then and then you have you know in our case i think a, a party system where the people in power the republican party just want to be in power and they're willing to let all this other stuff happen just because they are going to they they think they will be able to control the agenda and that's not what's going to happen oh you well, know they have to know they have to know they can't i feel I mean, like a I lot don't of know. people are falling in line right now out of fear I mean, I think some of it's fear, but I think some of it genuinely is people who don't. They look at the, these scenarios, and I, I, I do think they look at it and they go, "Yeah, it's fine. Um, we'll, we'll still get them back. We'll, we'll, we'll still bring things under control." And that's not the case, right? Like, I this honest, is not. A I don't think scenario. anyone in government could think that at this point. I mean, everyone I said, guess- "Oh, when he becomes president, he'll become more presidential." Well, some people were saying that, but I think there's some plenty of partisan stuff where people just want to continue. They think that the the, the smaller things will be t- – the bigger things will never happen and will be taken care of. And they think that, OK, well, we can – we'll at least get our – we'll at least get a justice on the Supreme Court and we'll at least do this or that and not thinking in, about the, the much um, scarier consequences. Do you Do you know what – um, so we, we, we all have this historical view of Hitler as the bad guy, right? We have this, like, he was just, he was a dictator. He slaughtered millions of people. What people don't know, what's never part of like the history lesson is that when he was getting to the dictator position prior to becoming chancellor, but then even after it, he played the clown. He let people think he was stupid. He let people yeah. think, oh, this, this, you know, so he won the election, but whatever. He, he's an idiot. You know, the, the rest of the government, the rest of the checks and ballots in this, dicta- in this democratic society that we have, it'll be fine. And, and it wasn't. And to, to see, okay, so when they, way back, way back early on in the primaries, they did like a... It was like a cribs kind of thing with with Donald Trump's house, and they went into his penthouse apartment in the Trump Tower, and they they looked around, they asked him questions, and one reporter noted there are no books in this house except oh, yeah. for like Art of the Deal. No, it wasn't even Art of the Deal. It was like Mein Kampf, right? And he's like, "Oh, a friend gave that to me. I never read it." But then, but then you Ivanka, see what's Ivanka happening. Ivana, not Ivanka. Ivana had said, like in in some interviews and some profile, that he was like very interested in it. How was that not news? How did that not stick? It was. And it how was is it news. not coming back up now? Because he is following the playbook. It's too late. Well, here's the problem. Okay, a it was news. People wrote about it, but people were so caught in the gotcha game with Donald Trump and not taking him seriously that what they didn't realize, no, I mean, here's the truth though. We wrote so many stories about him. I say we, I, you know, because I'm part the of the media, media. the well, dishonest yeah. media. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm part of it. And, and, and so I, you know, even though I wasn't responsible for any of this, there's my profession certainly has a role that they played in this. And part of that role, I think for a long time 
was a lot of people's just absolute refusal to take him seriously. And that was an, that was obviously a mistake. Um, because they they treated him kind of like you said, you know, Hitler the clown. But I think beyond that, they I I don't think that they took his intentions seriously. It wasn't so much that they even treated his candidacy candidacy with seriousness, is that they didn't take you know, I think people thought, oh, he doesn't really want to do this. He's just going to drop out. Sure. Um, I read many and, an article about how he didn't actually want to be president. And I think, again, that was all wish fulfillment. I think in, in it, we can all safely kind of admit that in, in retrospect. That was all our own kind of wish fulfillment. Oh, we don't want to think that he would want to do this. And what happened, though, is that the spectacle that, you know, as much as he hates CNN, he can very much thank CNN for getting elected because that they put him on TV 24-7 for 15 months. He was on every little thing he did was covered. And when every little thing you do is covered and when every scandal, every micro scandal is a bit is a big thing, nothing sticks. That's how the desensitization happens. That's how the normalization happens. Whereas with Hillary, it was one a people didn't like her, but B, it was one scandal hammered on for, you know, a year and a half. And so with him, yeah, a lot of candidates having the only book in your house being Mein Kampf would be the sort of thing that would end a campaign. Most candidates, you know, um, uh, you know, making the comments that he made to Megyn Kelly, you know, during a debate, the comments that he made about other people would be completely disqualifying. There, there are plenty. The comments he made about his his fellow. Um, you know, competitors, you know, other, other Republicans would be disqualifying. Yeah. But when so many of those things happen over and over and over again, and you just cover the spectacle, it doesn't become disqualifying anymore. And then you have this whole underclass of, of under, they're not underrepresented, but they feel underrepresented, you know, people who, who feel like put upon, who are like mad, that the middle class is disappearing and want to blame someone. They hear this guy speaking their language and they think, oh, he's just being honest. And his ideas sound pretty good to me, not thinking about the much well, broader. And everyone else problems. thinks, oh, he's just speaking their language. He's using these buzzwords to get elected. And it's like, no, he actually thinks this. He does. You know, of course he does. And, well, and oh, see, it's it's hypothesized um, that Hitler never had a problem with Jews. Uh, it's it's said that it was that was the line that he knew could get him elected. But then once he was elected, uh, or once he moved into chancellorship, that uh, he just he followed through with it. Like, I mean, I don't know about that. I I I, I think that seems a lot uh, more. Uh, I think that 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 seems a lot kinder to Hitler. And again, not like, really. No, because someone who can take he can take something that he knows that enough people will fear. And use that to gain power and then exploit that to begin making massive military moves across Europe. This is, it's not, it doesn't look good for him. It's yeah, actually I mean, a brilliant strategy for I mean, a complete I mean, I asshole. I mean, I suppose, I guess I just mean, I think that that, I mean, you're right, but I also feel that that, that no, takes see, to me, the... to me, to, to, pin Hitler as just a racist just someone who had a minor you know issue with a, a group of people or certain lifestyles 
to to pin him as that is to say he was just like a redneck that he was just some like i'm gonna well, go beat up people because i'm i'm scared of them well i'm not i mean i don't think you're wrong but i but i think that he i mean i guess you're right i guess if he truly didn't have a problem and just was okay with exterminating a group of people because he thought that that's what would leave him into power then that is obviously more insidious than almost anything else that but, is what i'm saying yes. yeah i mean okay fair but you know, but but you, but you, but I, but when I listen to Donald Trump, and maybe this is me being dumb, I and, and, and naive, I don't get the sense that he has he's thinking that many steps ahead. I think that when he says he doesn't want Muslims in this country, it's because he doesn't want Muslims in this country. I okay, so I don't I don't think he cares about anything other than the bottom line. If Muslims were po- profitable to him, it wouldn't yeah. matter. So, but yeah, and I, he's not a chess player. He's not looking steps ahead, but you know who is? Bannon. 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 Bannon has stated multiple times in the past exactly his intentions to do exactly what is happening now. Bannon is absolutely pulling the strings. Trump is the bombastic. Uh, yeah. And I'm not, he's not as dumb as he looks, but he's still dumb. He's a yeah. child. He, he, I'm not even sure he can read, but he doesn't read. He chooses to get all of his information from Twitter and Fox News. Oh, and MSNBC. He watches the people who who he feels have slighted him. I feel like a lot of Trump's whole thing is all about, you know, telling people who have underestimated him or have said bad things about him, giving him their comeuppance. Yeah. Well... In a way that he knows it's the way that like the Daily Show is always taken Fox News and set them out there for people they know will disagree with them and just said, here it is. And then everyone can, you know, stab them with their pitchforks. And in my, you know, in my opinion, that's perfectly justified and in the other direction, it's not. However, it's really easy to when you have this mass of almost half the country that says, you know, we will buy whatever you say, we're ready to hate somebody. Yeah, you can just take any snippet that Rachel Maddow says, put it out there and really incite a lot of vitriol. Yeah, and 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 I think that he he thrives on that, but I it, yeah, I mean, but I guess getting to to what we were saying beforehand, I mean, I I do feel like and it scares me that we're watching kind of authoritarianism kind of morph into fascism and you kind of see that what happens is that it becomes normalized. Everything crazy he says is normalized and our system being what it is, you know, they can't stop his cabinet appointments. We don't have the votes. We don't have the votes. Here's what really concerns me. Like the first step in an authoritarian dictatorship is to remove opposing powers in government. And right. We're we're just seeing that start to happen. The mm-hmm. second step would be to control the media. And Trump has been disparaging and uh uh discrediting the media for a long time now. Yes. Way before even the even before he won the primaries, he has been kind of leading up to this idea of the dishonest media and uh and making it such that he can, with the right provocation, shut it down just like the Munich paper and or the Munich post. Uh, the, not he didn't do that. Hitler did that. But 
uh, to begin just removing the most vocal of journalists from even covering him. Right. And even if it, even it was only through discredit instead of state action, it's still a very dangerous move, dangerous for us. Uh, and then, like, in addition to the media, we're also seeing a full-out attack on the judicial branch of government. Yes. One of the main checks that we have when the, when the uh, legislative branch is controlled by people who will be easily swayed by the executive branch, the judicial is all we have to lean on. And he wants to make them all so-called judges and demonstrate that the executive branch can override anything the judicial branch does. This is this does not bode well. No, I mean, and you even see the responses, you know, to the 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 you know Muslim ban being um, overturned, um, and and the court upholding that decision. You know, he's we'll see you in court, but then they decide, well, no, we're not actually going to file in the Supreme Court, and instead the rumors start to swarm that he's just going to rewrite the order, and. <laughs> Well, that's actually worse in a lot of ways because, you know, the, it, it, it starts this process all over again. And it's it worse certain... in every way. That's bypassing the judicial branch. Exactly. And so so then you've got to now have more and more resources caught up in keeping, you know, these things checked. And And as you said, he's literally using Twitter, using his megaphone to talk to people who – are feeling put upon and 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 are 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 upset for for various reasons to you know kind of rally into this into this space where they start to agree well yeah you know we don't need these judges who can just make any decision the president should be able to do it and that's how you end up starting you <laughs> know that's how you make a dictator exactly exactly that's how you start dismantling the constitution mhm it's, this is already a constitutional crisis. Anyone who says otherwise is just burying their head in their sand. In the they, sand. they are. They are. And, and, and again, to me, what is so ridiculously scary about all this is that you know that there are Republicans in office who see this. But because they're so beholden to their party lines, they're not doing anything. Well, and they're because, just letting they, this go. because they know that removing them from power would be the first step. They know that a, a nay vote on anything that Trump proposes would get them. What was it he said? We'll ruin his career. Give me yeah. his name. We'll ruin his career. That is. That's why would right. you? Why would you stand up to that right now? They, because they it's say, the right thing to do. Well, sure, but they say we'll pick our battles. We'll stand up when, when something really serious comes up. <laughs> But by the time that comes up, they won't well, have power my point. anyway. Well, this is my point. This is my point. By the time something serious comes up, because that's been the whole mo of his whole of his whole campaign, and 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 now his lead is, well, you know, before it gets to the point where it's a problem, we'll step in. So what well, do we do, Christina? I I don't know. I would, uh, in my opinion, calling my representatives every day is worthwhile. However, I live in a blue state with all blue representatives who are yeah. Al Franken is my knight in shining armor, man. Right. He, he will never, he won't let me down. Even if it kills him. I know this. I, I, it is crazy to me that I have pinned my hopes on a former SNL cast member 
but he has time and time again proven throughout his career that he does not does not care about politics as they exist in Washington. Right. So I I I basically I send him emails and voice messages that are very political blowjobs if you will um because he's doing it he like he's the guy i trust but if you live in a state where you don't have all (laughs) we'll say liberal uh representatives calling them every day jamming their phone lines does it it has already started to make a difference well, I think that that does make some difference, but I also think that some of these places, they don't care as much. They just, well, we've seen this. They turn off the phones. Well, sure. Utah, that's when you send them pizzas, right? I mean, wouldn't it be better, though, because you look at the rise. Mike.com uh, had this video of a former congressman, and he made a, what I thought was a really good point, which was about the rise of the Tea Party. And a lot of this we can kind of trace back to the Tea Party. Um because even though Donald Trump isn't part of the Tea Party, that movement that let that group become significant is Absolutely. what has led the way for this, right? And so he was talking about how he was a congressman during kind of that period of time. And a lot of his other congressmen were coming back and saying that their town hall meetings were really insane because people were showing up in person and were screaming, and we're throwing temper tantrums. I remember these videos, yes. I think that we have to do that. We I think are, that though. The, the, but the, we the, are, but the, are we? We have a tea party forming. Well, uh, people are gotta, showing up. They're yelling. They're booing at well, town we hall to, meetings. Well, that has to happen more. Because I think simply calling and, and doing democracy as usual is not going to do it. Sending pizzas is not going to do it. I honestly think you need to have outright rage and you have to do it more than just like resistance in the street you know occupy wall street style because that doesn't work either you know i think you actually have to the problem is i mean and this is a real demographic problem a lot of the reason people in the tea party could do that is because they didn't have anything else to do whereas a lot of the people (laughs) i mean but it's true they had the time to be able to go to those meetings we all have the time now i mean i i don't i can't work see we do though because everything in my life everything i do seems empty Knowing what prospects we face, knowing that inaction at this point leads to the destruction of our country. And I, I love my country. I love the, the United States. I love America. I would die to prevent this from turning into a 1930s Europe situation. I am willing to fight in the streets. And and that freaks out. The people who love me, they know that this is true. They know they've seen this in me my whole life. And they know that, to me, marches, as heartening as the women's march was, it was so easily panned by Trump and by everyone who listens to what Trump says. It was so easily panned that more people that like what two, three times as many people than showed up for his inauguration showed up to protest it and it didn't really make a dent in his kind of media profile that to me is ineffective it's heartening but ineffective i, it, I it, making yourself known to your representatives the ones who actually within the current 
constitutional democracy have the ability to put a halt to things. That is right now what I think is the best. It's it's the best method we have before explosions start happening. And this is worse than Germany because he already has the nukes. Yeah. Like, we're not going to end this war with a nuke. We're going to start it. This is not just America. This is worldwide. Everyone should be scared. And I know everyone is. Everyone everyone is. I no, hear from people in every is. country. What the hell are you guys doing? Yeah. It's, it, exactly. And then, you know, you have... But yet, our country is so divided that it's like it's either going to be like another world war ii or another civil war because you genuinely do have so many people who think who don't see what's going to happen and just 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 think this is a rich guy who tells it like it is and i like the things that he's saying and i don't like these people coming to my country and i want to make america great again and i'm going to support this guy a friend in california told me that if you take all the pacific states and let them secede and then draw it on a map, it would make a great big middle finger. <laughs> but, like, that doesn't help either. You know, like, it, like it really people, doesn't. The, the, the people in California who are like, let's just see, let's make it our own country, like, yeah, that, that, because that's going to help. We need California. California is a donor state. California withdrawing federal funds actually makes a huge dent and it doesn't really hurt them. Like, it's entirely within their power and a feasible opportunity for them to damage the federal union by withdrawing funding. It is, um, to me, a far more effective solution than seceding. Oh, yeah, agreed. Uh, and I think that anybody, who, but just in seceding in general, is just, I think, selfish. Well, and liberals have collected New York, L.A., San Francisco, like the they have swarmed into these small hives that do not have the electoral votes that were needed. Uh, like there are very strong strongholds for liberal ideas. Yep. That do not. I mean, <laughs> if you look at the total electoral college system, like we've kind of, we've defeated it for the purposes of the democratic democratic party we yeah. we no longer have the the range across the country to succeed in that. No, you're right, we don't. And part of it is because you know, people don't people who a lot of people who have those ideals, they don't aspire to live in middle America. I happen to really like my place in Minnesota. No, I know you do. Well, I'm just saying but, in general. But to that end, as I said, Minnesota has been blue for 40 years. We are still blue. Our representatives are Democrats. We we are as much a part of this fight as... Like, Franken is as much a part of this fight as Schumer is. Sure. And and he is, he is carrying just as much of the load. So when I say I'm happy in Minnesota, I would not be happy in Idaho, Utah, Ohio, Illinois, Iowa. I Minnesota... Minnesota stands with New York. That's we do. And California. We're we're your we're we're the lighthouse in between the coasts. Unfortunately, I mean and it that's great. The number of, of votes is almost inconsequential 
you know, when it's just Minnesota. Um, and, well, sure, but so is New York, really. I mean, I agree. I'm just saying you look at your <laughs> – well, I mean, it's not enough. But at least you have, like, your big, your big you know, places. Well, and that's what I'm saying, though, is we have all – We've all swarmed to areas that are friendly to us. No, I agree. And that, but, and that's, we're saying the same thing. And I'm saying like, it's great that Minnesota is there, but a lot of people, like, I don't want to live in Minnesota. And I, frankly, I can't, <laughs> but like, I don't want to live in Minnesota. I mean, I can't do what I do for a living in Minnesota. Um, and, and that, that's becomes kind of part of the problem too, is that, is that a lot of people who have these things, like you build careers, you build lives, like, and it's, it's not even like, why did I leave Atlanta for New York? Well, because of opportunity, you know? Sure. And, and as great as it would be to be like, well, I should give up my opportunity and give up other things for helping make a dent. And otherwise like George is still going to be red. Right. You know, I get that. And this is all, all relevant, all true to me, but also irrelevant because I don't think we'll ever ever have an election again that is the election that we ever knew before. No, I agree. I, at this point, it's it's changed forever, and and I I wonder genuinely at this point if we will ever have an election again where the popular vote matches the electoral college. Yeah, I I don't think so. The electoral college, even Trump said the electoral college is rigged. Right, of course. And but, because know, the first thing he did was to undermine the democratic election system. Right. So I mean, I mean, he complained, you know, himself on Twitter when when it didn't go his way. But when they looked at things, and I believe him when he says, "Oh, I, I don't actually think he would have won the popular vote if he'd gone for that." Although I think, well, he except would have for those three million illegal votes. Well, no, but okay, but but again, like I think that pick pointing, pick if we if we, if we pinpoint and focus on every lie he says, we miss. I think the bigger thing. I think that that is actually becoming a problem. Where we're literally well, that's the point of it. That's why he does it. Yeah, and and I think that that honestly, in the last three weeks, that's been an issue too. Is we've spent so much time on the fact that Kellyanne Conway is illegally, you know, telling people to buy Ivana Trump, uh, Ivanka Trump. Did you, you know, know that sixty-one percent of Trump supporters, according to the latest polls. 61% of them believe there was yes. a Bowling Green massacre. Yes, I saw that Pew report and it was horrifying. It worked. And it, but it what just, they're doing worked. Right, because well, what they're doing got every news media to start saying, like, oh, there's no Bowling Green at this point. No one has any trust in the media on either side, but especially right. not on At the on same time, side. you're saying the, the media didn't report on terrorist attacks. Here's one, and the media is dishonest. So when they start saying... This isn't a real attack. This isn't a real massacre. Well, all they're doing is they're reinforcing right. the, 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 the terms that you've heard before. So you hear Bowling Green Massacre over and over again. Yeah. You hear it over and over again and it suddenly becomes real. And, it's, and, and but I think this is my point, too, is that we're making the same mistakes that we made during the election, which was to cover each and every insane thing he said. Every time he tweets, it's, it's literally a story. We've got to stop. And, and hammer in on the main crazy things that he's doing. Let the small things go. Let it go into the ether. Don't don't spend time on the fact that that he's tweeting about Nordstrom. Like let that go. It's he, terrible. But he, let I'm, it go. I'm gonna I'm gonna distill what you just said and pay attention to what he does, not what he says. Yeah. And that is that is vital right now. Exactly. Because 
those, you know, every, every reporting on every little machination is just what continues to ha- give people malaise. And it's also what continues to confuse people. And they just continue to hear the same terms over and over again. And it all becomes one truth that it, it doesn't matter if it's really true or not. It becomes truth at that moment. Well, and it becomes an excuse to shut down the media. Yep. It becomes an excuse to make the, the media irrelevant, which is our only hope right now, is deep journalistic reporting, people who will tell us what's really going on. If it weren't for the media, me sitting here in Minnesota, I would have no idea how bad things were looking. And if it's not for that, no one can resist. If, if we let him shut down the media, if we let him discredit the media... And let him, even if it, it will eventually come to state action. First CNN. And then, you know, any other news outlet that's willing to stand up to him. New York Times would be second. It will become like an executive action to remove the media from any relevance. And that, that's the worst case scenario. But in the meantime... We can just discredit them we right? Can say they're obviously they're lying because they don't want to see America safe. This is all for your own protection. Yeah. Everything's for your protection. Everything's for your protection. We just want to make America safe again. You know, can't wait for it to, to morph into that. And people will still everyone, every, everyone will normalize it because it's just so much constantly. It'll be like, ah, uh, no, that's just the way things are. Fuck it. You want to talk about like Apple? <laughs> I mean, feels a little uh, hollow. It does. Yeah. I'm gonna be totally honest. That's it. Feels a little. Feel, it feels a little. It feels a little hollow after that, which I think is kind of one of the reasons we haven't done this show in a while. I mean, there've been a lot of reasons, but. There are multiple reasons, but this has been a primary one because even doing a podcast feels somewhat futile to me right now. Oh my God, this is a horrible episode. I'm totally going to publish it. (sighs) Well, it's good talking to you. It's good talking to you too. So, I, uh, I do hope you can sleep after this. Likewise. Although, I mean, you know... Get some sleep. Get some sleep, friends. The system is going down low.